This is episode 344 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will. I will never complain that someone didn't bring everything they need to invent again, Hegwood. And tonight, I'm joined by Marcel, or early morning sham, Pains Manzano. You, uh, so Saturday morning champagne equals, uh, Sunday morning shame pain. <laughs> uh, we have Ryan, organizer of fun times, Stan Zuski. Yep, the, uh, eternal star championship went great. We had enough people to give out an invite, and everyone seemed to go home pretty happy. Fun times were had. Ladies and gentlemen, I present your Las Vegas Open champion, Doug Howe. Hey, I don't have anything clever to say, but <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> That's okay. Before we get into uh, the Las Vegas Open, I have to thank our biggest group of supporters, our Patreons. Uh, go to patreon.com slash gold squadron. You're going to help us. Uh, Financially, support us today. There's levels for each person um, and their situation. But you get uh, unique channels on our Discord. You get share art from our past projects. You'll have to go and check it out to find out more. Um, but, on to uh, the Las Vegas Open held uh, this weekend. Two different... Uh, oh, wait. Sorry. Before I, for, before I forget. Right. Uh, you wanted to uh, cover something before we go into LVO? Yeah, real quick. Um, just because I know if I say this later, other people might have already have tuned out at that point. So I want to say this earlier, so it's more of a chance for more people to hear this. Um, because I helped run two store championships uh, in my area, and because Chris Allen is probably backlogged with so many of those uh, other language uh, cards from the store kits in the U.S., that I wanted to just make it known that, uh, or if anyone wants to help direct me to the correct people that are going to be uh, at Worlds to give extra prize support to so they can help run other events in their countries or locations with these other language international cards. I assume it's French, Spanish, and German, I think is the third one. Um, so just either get in touch with me, Facebook, GSP Discord, DM me in Discord. Uh, we can get in touch, find the best time to meet during Adepticon, and I could give said people those decks and OP cards for you to then use for your own events. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. I have some set aside that I was going to give it to Chris as well, so I'm going to make sure that I bring those. So definitely, if you have any of those just laying around from your store event. Uh, you might as well bring them to Worlds if you're not doing with anything with them. We can get them to somebody. I uh, can take them back uh, and give them to people who uh, weren't able to uh, get a hold of them. Yep. And and I did have a question about the store champs. Um, so I still have not gotten... <clears throat> actually, Caleb and I both still haven't gotten our um, Worlds tickets uh just for like the main event the, is that what you're trying to say yeah yeah for the main event or access to buy the tickets mm -hmm. um and you know kale and i both won store champs so i i have no idea i messaged chris allen 
Uh, he's like, oh, don't worry, we got you, but that that doesn't really. I don't oh, think oh, that they're sent out. Yeah, a whole lot. I did. I did send out an email, like like you said. Uh, I think Ryan, you mentioned it, right? Or no, actually, Josh, uh, Joshua over here. Um, he sent it to like info at atomicmaxgames.com. So I sent them an email. I also sent them like the the name of the store that I wanted in, the name of the store that Kayla wanted in. Like I sent them all the info, um, and they never responded. So I just don't know. And Chris Allen is like, oh, don't worry, we got it. There's a lot of people that are like that. So obviously we're not the only ones. I mean, here in Chicago, I think half of us have not been able to buy the tickets. So the people that actually want them. So not sure how how that all of that is going to get. So I sorted. think if you already if you already sent emails. Um, yes. I don't know if it was. It's info at Atomic Mass or OP at Atomic Mass. Well, I said it's but, info at Atomic Mass because that's what Josh, where Josh said he sent it originally. Which Josh you talking about? Joshua Taylor. Oh, from your area. I thought you were talking yeah. about Josh Taylor, who's one of the. I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, sure. Um, so one other thing to like double check with just to be sure is check with those stores that you each want your invites to and just confirm with them that they did submit the Google form. Well, one of the stores that, uh, like mine, I actually won through Josh to, 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 to Dusky. Um, I won at his store. He's like, ask not his store. He's not. The, he's a TO there. He's not the owner of the store. But he's like, it was, it was submitted. Like everything was sent in. Um. So I'm, I'm so, sure there's just a. I'm sure there's just a delay, especially yeah. with just, uh, the the last of the store championships concluding at the end of the month. They might be waiting for the last of the results to really start pushing through uh, the tickets for everybody. Yeah. So that's that's the last thing I thought of. Just make sure that. You just confirmed that those stores have told you they have filled out the Google form and have submitted it. Besides the communication you've already done, it's just kind of a wait. Um, I mean, I know when I finally got able, when I was finally able to uh, go through and had access to the world's main event, I wasn't notified or anything, but I, I didn't ask. It was only like a week after it came out, right? Like the first week I couldn't sign sign up for it. So you said I you weren't to, asked, I, I, or you weren't notified. You just you just had it. No, I might. I just went to go check a week later, and it worked. So Let I'm assuming that. that they just they just plug in the emails every once in a while. Like oh. they just every little bit, they'll try and plug emails. And so this is a general call to anyone. Like even if you've emailed them, or if you've not, and if you haven't checked for like a week or two, just go on Adepticon site and check. Yeah. See if the events. They've there. been slowly plugging away at some. I, I I even saw from other discords that some people like this week and last week that it said, "Oh, you know, I can sign up now." So I don't know how how large of groups they're doing at a time, but it's you know slowly but surely. No, that sounds like uh, a thing to do, Marcel. Is just to check and see if uh, they'll let you in. Yeah, I'm going to go. Actually, I'm going to try to log in now, see if they. Uh... Yeah, I, I don't know if it was like a, a mis, a mistaken rumor amongst the community that 
you would be specifically getting an email from them when you can go in and buy your world's event ticket i don't know where that came about or how that rumor was started but as far as i know they're just plugging emails in and maybe just responding or trying to get to respond to the people who have actually sent them communication i think the only people that they intended to send emails out to to say that you're available to to sign up for the world's main event would be the world's qualifier winners who have travel and things booked for them. That makes sense. Well, uh, as Marcel's checking on that, uh, let's move into the Las Vegas Open. Last world qualifying event, I believe. I know for North America, but I don't think there's one next weekend anywhere else in the world. So was, There is. Oh, there is. Which one? There is, yeah. I was talking to him, to Tim Horsberg, who's actually prepping and playing some games. There's one in Australia, I believe, this oh, weekend. Nice. Okay. So, the last one of North America, at least. Uh, the world yes. qualifier, the eighth one. Um, it was uh, two different days of Swiss. Uh, heat one, heat two, and then a cut uh, to top. 16 eight players from each day moved on uh, to that elimination bracket uh in standard gsp event style uh we're going to start with the least wins and move up to uh the best placing person uh so that's me i just want to give some info about the stream there was a equipment uh problem we were misplaced in a very important power cord which didn't allow us to have the laptop uh, and it just got worse from uh, the well, the power cord situation got worse from there. But that's uh, not uh, what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about, though, is a big shout out 312 Squadron. Uh, Nick Sperry was able to loan us their uh, streaming laptop that they luckily had brought along uh, to the uh, event. Well, we had to go get it. They still brought it along on the trip. But Nick was so kind to help us. Uh, we got uh, three full games out on the Friday. Uh, and then uh, all of, but all of Saturday and Sunday went just fine. Uh, he had fancy mics for us. He had uh, let us use his laptop and uh, we almost ruined it. <laughs> uh, we were trying to use our own headset into his computer. And for some reason, those hated each other. Uh, they blew, it booted to blue screen, which terrified me. Um, luckily, we resolved, we found out what that issue was, and but got new mics anyways, because we were, I was just terrified of breaking everything. But, uh, long story short, just want to uh, thank Nick. He, he's still in our hearts as gold uh, six. He's never going to not be gold six, unless he crashes his X-Wing, then we'll figure out a different thing to call him. Uh, but yeah, he was truly uh, the the person who was uh, we can thank for getting the stream games out over the weekend. Uh, and we actually streamed uh, the those games on Friday on three one two as a favor to him. There's a lot of viewers uh, watching, so if you don't know who three one two Squadron is, Nick Sperry, uh, definitely check out three one two underscore squadron on twitch and i believe he's got a youtube channel as well he was posted a lot of uh x-wing content he started a new league as well 
So very exciting stuff uh, going on over there. But definitely drop a follow on him. Uh, let him know that you appreciate his help um, getting the, the stream together. Uh, but honestly, other than that, it went great. I uh, didn't have any problems. Big shout out to Lambolo as well. He was, uh, dropped a lot of gifted subs. Um, very uh, exciting. We even gave away uh, Aerodome uh, that we, de uh, well, we Dion had bought through uh, Wade Vichet's, uh Kickstarter, and we gave those away as well. Very excited for Aerodome. Uh, so uh, I was glad we were able to still get those out to the people, still get the streams going. Uh, but again, uh, Nick save Nick saved the day, of course. I uh, didn't didn't do very well in X Wing, but. Uh, really, really saved uh, the stream for us. So I can't thank him enough. Uh, so then, Marcel, you did play at the Las Vegas Open. What uh, What was your faction, your squad, and uh, how'd you do? Uh, my faction was the, um, the Ottoan uh, Republic. The squad, uh, so I flew... Um, Oddball, uh, Custom, Wolf, Slider, and Click. And then um, the other seven points, I, I did a, a Delta 7B Anakin with Daredevil and R4P and Shield Upgrade. Um, and, one second, I got a cough. Yeah, so I, I, I flew day one. I ended up 4-1. Uh, really good games. I ended up playing some, some really strong players. Um, Doug who's here, uh, the winner. So I ended up playing Doug, and actually Doug was my my lo my, my one loss in uh, Swiss. Um, I went after Kylo, and I went all in on Kylo, and Kylo came out unscathed. Um, and that was just, uh, it was a gamble that didn't pay out. Even though I did kill Kylo, because Kylo decided to whiff, but after the game was already a little bit out of hand. Um, and then I also got to play uh, Jorge Castaneda, who is who's the runner-up. I was able to beat him, uh, so pretty cool that I got to play um, the winner and the runner-up both during during Swiss. I mean, some pretty good competition. Um, yeah, I mean, so so good, good, good games. Um, the, the list was was fun. It it it. it keeps like the consistency of the republic but it still lets me play with uh with daredevil initiative six anakin so some you know something that's a little bit more ac so it, it allows me to do a little bit of of both the consistency and the ac side of it uh enjoyed every game i don't think there was a single game that i didn't enjoy um even losing uh you know Ky kylo's frustrating but, but even losing, I still had a good time, uh, and I think you know before we jump to the to the to the rest of the stuff, you know to the rest of the list. This is the first thing we're, we're mentioning, is huge, huge, huge thank you to the judging, the judges, uh, the staff, and Brian. Um, I, I'm gonna mess up his name. Is it is it Selfine? Selfine? I can I can't pronounce it. I was just calling him Brian all weekend. Okay, Brian. Yeah. So Brian um, put together an amazing event. Uh, he, you know, um, big advocate for the game, big advocate for enjoying X-Wing for the sake of being a fun game. 
and even though it's a competitive event, still keeping um, uh, still keeping people honed in on the fact that we're playing a game, having fun, and trying to promote the event. So like I, I, I just you know, it's been a long time since um, you know I've been at a large event like this. That when I say large event, like a world's qualifier that that had the TO be so um, invested in the optics of the, the event. Like, what I mean by that is, like, that people are having fun, uh, making sure, like, if, you know, um, I'm going to throw Nick Sperry under the bus here a little bit, our 312 guy, you just gave him some love. So he forgot a card, and instead of being all like, rah, 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 he's like, he's like, hey, just tell your opponents if your opponents are, are cool with, you know, you know, you know, knowing that you left that card, it's it's on your list, it's on TT, it's on um, roll better, like, you know, we'll, we'll be cool. Um, anyway, so just big, big, big shout out to Brian and and his crew. Uh, Another yeah. thing I want to add to that is. Uh... The tournament ran like really smooth every day that I was like, uh, I don't know about Saturday. I assume it did. Um, like the everything finished in plenty of time, but also they gave us the most like setup time I've ever had for a major tournament, which was amazing. Like I, uh, every game, everybody was, everybody that I saw was already like set up. All of turn zero was done. Everybody's dials were down and then time started, which was just really nice. Like, cause sometimes you have those stressful tournaments where everything's like the paces push really fast. And so you're losing like five or 10 minutes of the game trying to set up still. And it was just, it was really cool and really nice to see. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, we had a lot of time uh, to do so. And uh, I thought everything went great as well. So anyway, so that was that was my run. Four, four and one. Uh, played some, some really good games. Um, uh, played against some really good players. Uh, met some really cool people. Met some people that that I've known through just like the um, the chat, either through the the Discord chats or through the Twitch chat. Um, so drank drank some champagne. Regret it. Drinking some champagne. Um, so yeah, all good. All right. Well, uh, that leaves us uh, to uh, Doug, the inevitable winner. Beat uh, countless arcs, I assume, uh, to get to that top spot. Uh, Doug, what did you? What's what's? First off, Doug, let me ask you some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what's your lightsaber color? Oh wait, yeah, wait, wait. All right, I'm gonna cut you off real quick because I I, I I just started I, I, asking I, the questions. <laughs> yeah, but I I forgot I only talked about Swiss. So in the cut, oh, I did sorry. I did end up uh, making the cut. Lo- won my top sixteen hungover match. Lost the top eight match to um, to Isofane. So Isofane um, we'll go over his list uh, since he made the top four. Uh, played a really good game. Um, I made a tactical error with my wolf. And um, that I think we both played about as good of a game that you can play. And 
it's one of those scenarios where I made one tactical mistake and that one tactical mistake was enough. Um, because he, he, he made all the exact moves that he should have made. I think I made all the exact moves I should have made except uh, one on turn two. Um, so it was a really good game, and, and he won a well-deserved match. Uh, yeah, he was, he was doing really well. Well, I think, as we'll find out, every Republic player had really brought their A game. Uh, but anyways, Doug, again, congratulations getting that top spot. Uh, uh, hotel, it's hotel and flight. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Um, that you had one? I think you just give them like gas or ask for gas money too. Yeah, I say, I'd rather drive. Honestly, I'd rather have a car. It's just it's not worth the forty-five minute plane trip. Uh, f- fair, fair. Either way, travel and accommodations. Uh, that's uh, as as uh, elusive as price as you can get in X-wing right now. Um, but let me ask you some questions just so we can get to know you. First off, what's your lightsaber color if you had to choose one? Uh, well, if we're going based on X-Wing, I think I have to choose red, because <laughs> I pretty much just play the evil guy factions. I play, at least the, what I've had success with is First Order Empire and CIS, really. Um, but if we're talking me personally, I go blue. Uh, it's my favorite color, and I'm red-green colorblind, so I can't see the other ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, I don't know which one's the bad guy. They're all, look the, yeah. <laughs> all their lightsabers look the same. <laughs> I didn't know it was a red one, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, then, of course, uh, what what is your favorite ship in the game? Uh, aesthetically, it is the TIE Bomber. Uh, Playstyle-wise, it's the TIE Silencer. Um, so, yeah. All right. Pretty, pretty. Big, chunky boys. Uh, the Silencer is, uh, we'll get into your, your list in a second, but you've, you've been flying the Kylo for quite some time now. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, this specific list I've been flying, uh, like this exact variant, at least since... Uh, what September is when XTC started? So, uh, uh, the Swiss stage, yeah, yeah, it was stage, yeah. before then even, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was I was flying it before that, but I think I tweaked it a little bit up until XTC, and this is pretty much what I've been running since. But uh, but yeah, like this these five ships, um, in general for, uh, yeah, six months. Well, uh, let us uh know what your your list is. Obviously, Kylo's in it, as I just said. But what else do you uh, have? Yeah, so Kylo in the TIE Silencer um, with Proton Torpedoes, Advanced Optics, Lone Wolf, and Instinctive Aim. Uh, so uh, really, I just focus every time, and I decide who and what I'm shooting with later. Uh, so decision tree made for me. Very nice. <laughs> uh, and then it is uh, Lieutenant Hughes in the TIE SF with Special Forces Gunner, Barrage Rockets, and Marksmanship. Uh, and then three TIE FOs, Malaris with Magpulse, uh, DT with Deuterium and Lieutenant Gaelic with HLC and Pratt Tradition. Uh, so the the first question I, I want to ask you then, uh, about your list, and you can tell us about mm-hmm. the the run at, at least, unless these guys got other questions about the the list. We, me and James are going back and forth. What is the math ver- uh, on Advanced Optics, Lone Wolf, Instinctive? Versus just taking a target lock normally. Uh, yeah, so um, if you assume full force and then it's choosing between focus and target lock. Uh, if you have lone wolf, then uh, the single force focus lone wolf is like 0.2 damage higher. It's like 3.7 uh, expected hits. 
uh, versus Targalock two force, which is like 3.5. And then if you don't have Lone Wolf, so it's just single force advanced optics, it's like 3.4. So they're all very close to each other. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I generally tend to just focus all the time anyway, whether I have Lone Wolf or not, because it is largely irrelevant. Um, the target lock does help with variance some, uh, like because you you want to ensure that the torpedo gets as many hits as possible. So like rolling blank 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 I can only net two with uh, optics and force, whereas a target lock you still have the chance to go up to four. Um, so like there there are times that I do target lock, but by and large I just focus because uh, the, the list has four fives, so I frequently shoot with Kylo last, uh, other than PT. Um, so I can switch who he's shooting at uh, with optics and still maintain full mods the entire time. Yeah, as you were saying that, like decision tree, just uh, similar to like uh, passive sensors, yeah. uh, just being able to make those decisions uh, uh, right at the moment you're shooting instead of yeah, I would, I5. I would say optics is very similar to passive sensors in, in like how it functions within the list. I don't have to paint the target. I get to pick at the time of shooting. Right. Yeah, if, if an I6 picked up the crate and you didn't think it would, situations mm -hmm. like that. Uh, Ryan, got any questions about the list? Uh, no, nothing particular. I mean, it's, it's just something Doug had, uh, at least I've played at least one or two games against Doug with him trying this list before. I, I really like this Kylo. I, I, if I were to play First Order, I think this Kylo is awesome. I, I wish he could have sense, Sensor Scrambler oh to get that decloak. I, I'm pretty sure there are times at which you miss it, but... Yep. I, I yeah, mean, no. This, this, if I had this, a this second... A... Oh, sorry. I was say that this is a Kylo who's it's who makes i6 a scare to even exist in his arc mm. at all it's like a huge deal because he can yeah. get to many places with his uh auto thrusters with focus reposition and his really good dial so i mean once you someone who's matt who's really worked with silencers for as long as doug has uh he's gonna put that kylo in very threatening positions really easily yeah and yeah the like if i could take sensor scrambler I 100% would. If they had a second tech, I would drop Lone Wolf for Sensor Scrambler in a heartbeat. Like Lone Wolf. Is oh, you the... drop Lone Wolf for it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the thing with five shiftless and with scenarios is that Lone Wolf triggers like once a game, maybe. Uh, there there are many games that never triggers uh, because I don't I don't fly Kylo with the intention of keeping him isolated from the other guys. Like I flank with him, but uh, I don't I don't position in a way to like force the Lone Wolf to be active. Um, okay. So it's it's there because Predator is really the only other option, and the, being able to modify the Torp with Lone Wolf occasionally is really nice. Yeah. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, pretty much all this makes uh, a lot of sense to me. Uh, other than Gaelic, I still doubt the heavy laser, but the fact that you're pulling it off, you're probably shooting like, what, two heavy lasers a game? Uh, I would say it probably averages one, honestly. Um, so Scorch is probably better. Uh, but I'm addicted to initiative, and more initiative, more better. Okay. And Midnight just betrayed me too many times, so I switched to Gale. Oh, that's that's um, right. I remember us having this conversation for XTC. Yeah, uh, it was actually, so I ran Midnight at the first door champ I went to, and then I got a Gaelic alt, right? And I was like, okay, I'm going to run Gaelic instead. And then it, that's where I've been since. Um, but the reason I run HLC... Have you been boosting with the Gaelic, too? That's all our Gaelic is boost. Uh, it does <laughs> it shows it, but I don't do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the reason I do HLC... Uh, over like the ion cannon marksmanship is i have found that ion cannon gaelic is very low impact like he's he's consistent but like he never he's he's just an average three-pointer he's just kind of chugging along hoping he can do his part until he dies uh and hlc gaelic is similar a lot of the times but then he'll randomly do eight damage to a t70 <laughs> um 
which is a reference to my top 16 game. Uh, but the, the HLC can just power spike really hard, and you can get way more value than the three-point ship normally gets. Uh, and I have found that even when the HLC isn't triggering, uh, just proud tradition, Gaelic being I5 and occasionally coordinating uh, is useful enough. Um, that's my decision tree behind it. I don't think I, I don't think there's a like right or wrong way to play Gaelic. It's just what I prefer. I mean, it, I assume it helps a lot when you get to see a vast amount of medium bases when you play yeah. in public. So. Yeah, and it's nice for like the Han matchup uh, because you know Han's higher initiative and he can boost, but like. If I force Honda boost to get out of an HLC, that's so worth it to not get double tapped oh, that turn. Yeah. Um, so like, there's there's lots of medium and large base ships in the current meta. So the HLC in in a lot of matchups is really useful. And then in other matchups, he's still I five. He'll still line it up occasionally. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, so what day did you play on uh, for the the Swiss rounds? Uh, I played day one. Excuse me, same as Marcel. Uh, and I went uh, I went four and one. Uh, let's see, Marcel and I played round four? Round three? One of those two. No, we played uh, round four. Round four, okay. Yeah, because round three was against uh, Thomas Anonymous, who's also in the top eight. Uh, and then my round five was against uh, Anthony Marchand, uh, or Innkeeper, uh, who was... Uh, that was my loss. Uh, we played round five on Assault. Uh, he was running Thick Ship Republic, which is real bad for me in assault um but also we were both 4-0 so we honor jousted which also bad for me it turns out <laughs> um <laughs> but uh but we had a really good time and uh I, I think he wins that game most of the time anyway because uh like the triple arc on assault is just really really tough to deal with with five small base ships um but yeah it was uh like like marcel said um my kylo greens were nuts in his game that was pretty frequent in a lot of my games. I uh, I tend to get people to chase Kylo, uh, and that's where Lone Wolf actually gets a lot of its value, is when people are chasing him around, he tends to run away from my list, so he keeps Lone Wolf, and then uh, it makes him really defensive. But uh, like in Marcel's case, I think my green... I don't think Kylo... He didn't roll less than three evades until he rolled zero and died, uh, was pretty much how it went. Um... All right. Well, uh, so then, uh, what was the, uh, what was the cut like for you? Uh, as far as like, there was a lot of arcs in the cut. Uh, how yeah. do you how do you prepare for these arc lists that you know you're gonna face? Um, that was uh, that was just something that um, leading up into like XTC, I just practiced turn zero a lot uh, with that list, particularly against things like Han and the arcs. Um, and I think the big thing with it is rock placement, particularly in relation to where objectives are, is really important. Um, the arc list is exceptionally difficult to joust. Like, I think everybody knows that. It has, it has token passing on defense, it's really efficient, it has relatively high initiative, it has lots of target lock acquis acquisition, so it throws lots of fully modified dice. So the best way to deal with it is to force it to split fire, um, because a lot of it getting double mods is whenever it's ship shooting the same target. Um, and, you know, just in general, uh, focus firing is correct because that's how you kill stuff. Um, so by, uh, I, I generally call it like building a wall. Uh, I think you can see it in um, in the final and in the top four against Tyler. Um, I, uh, I build a diagonal, like across the middle of the board, mm -hmm. um, close against arcs in particular, very close to objectives. 
Uh, and it forces them that if they want to play around the objectives, they're going to have to come into the rocks. And because it's three medium-based ships, they can't stay in formation to do it, which means they're going to be at different angles and uh, not close to each other, so they're going to be firing at different range bands, and all of that really helps uh, prevent them from getting lots of good shots on the same target, um, which is where the, the FL lists shine, because they're all three agility, and they all, all you know, their, their offense is all kind of uh, weird, so, like, if... If somebody's being focused, it's very easy to just go, okay, I'm going to save my focus for defense, uh, and then use my my three three to four dice, because shots will be obstructed or range three, uh, to uh, kind of just outlast arc lists. Because um, I don't really need good offense to burn them down, because they're one agility. I just need to plink at them constantly and stay alive. Uh, yeah, it was impressive watching you, uh, what felt like easily, take out two arcs uh, in most of the matchups we were able to watch you on. Uh, which is... I feel like uh, the new Libness test, we used to say, like, you had to take out bigs in mm -hmm. X amount of rounds. Hopefully one round, really. Uh, but now I feel like if you can't take out one arc in the opening engagement, uh, you should not have jousted whatever uh, list uh, is presented across from you. So, yeah, I mean, it's still really hard to one-round them, at least for my list. Um, it, it's hard for everybody, but, I think. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I think the big thing, and I think this applies to, to most lists, is, like, if you can make it so that you get to fire everything on one arc and they have to split fire, that's generally how you get the advantage. Um, mm, true. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, what would you say... Is there any... So, obviously... People are going to be see this, and a lot of first order players who might have been struggling uh, to find the list uh, that uh, is getting them wins might pick this up. Uh, is there any other tips you might have for those uh, people wanting to try it out? Uh, yeah. So um, uh, I would say the big thing is you you have to bait with Malaris, which is um, might sound kind of obvious, but like. Uh, I think you can see a lot in the games that I had on stream. Malice will be like a range band to two range bands ahead of everybody else to the point where like I've had games where Hughes doesn't shoot on the first turn of combat because he's sitting so far back, um, which isn't ideal. You'd rather have him be range three, which is why I bring barrage rockets, but uh, but it happens. Um, but the point is like uh, Malaris is the bait. He is the hardest one to kill, uh, arguably even harder to kill than Kylo in those while he has his ability up, her ability up. Um, and she's only worth three points. So, like, even if you roll poorly and she dies in one round, it's not the end of the world. Um, but more often than not, like, if people have to choose between taking three shots at Malaris or, you know, two shots at Lehues and then one at Malaris with the ones at Lehues are range three, like, people will tend to focus fire on Malaris. Um, and I think that that's the best way I have found to get an advantage early game uh, is to force people to, to chase her. Um, because once you put a damage or two on onto a ship, it's really hard, especially in 2.5, where there's shorter rounds. Like, you just don't get as many rounds in the game. Like, you, you just want to focus fire ship and get it down. Um, and Malaris is just really good at, at living through that. Um, so I think that's the, the basic advice I'd give. Also, just um, study, to, like, get really comfortable turn zero. Um, I have a game plan for pretty much every medalist in every scenario. Like, as soon as I sit down at the table, I know what ships I want to focus fire first, ideally, and where I want obstacles to be in relation to uh, objectives, and where I want the engages to happen and stuff like that. And that's a lot of that's just repetition. 
and practice and uh, thinking about win conditions, I guess. Sure. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, any other questions from you guys uh, for Doug and about his listers run? Uh, nothing in particular, I think, is, um, other than, um, did you, let's see here, so I'm just looking through your run here on Elimination Day. Which, uh, what matchup on Elimination Day gave you the most, like, you saw it initially, you saw your snare, and you're like, this could be some big trouble? Uh, my top eight against Andrew Block, uh, who was running the double decimators on Assault, I thought for sure I was screwed. Uh, because my list doesn't do damage very quickly, and two decimators can just collect points on assault. Um, but uh, we talked about it a little bit after the game, and um, uh, I think he just he took the wrong idea on turn zero, and uh, he kind of he let me get an early advantage on objectives to kind of uh, like how do I describe this? He he faked out Morna in the middle of the board, and then turned her away from my list. Uh, which worked because it made it, it was just like lots of range three, two die shots from Tyafo. So I did like no damage to him, but I actually got a little bit of an advantage early game on assault points. Um, and uh, I mean, it was, it was a ridiculously close game. It was 20 to 20 after turn like six or seven. And then we had to play another round after that. Um, and I won 21 to 20. Um, so it, it really could have gone either way. Um, and then my game against Tyler in the top four was also just a crazy nail biter. <laughs> nerve wrecking i was yeah <laughs> uh yeah that, that's definitely one to watch the games you're on stream for for sure i think we watched uh three or four we we didn't watch the mm -hmm. the decimator one but yeah you were kind enough to volunteer for his the first game which i did appreciate as everyone's having everyone's a little little nervous going yeah. into the cut which i i totally understand but uh frustrating when i i can't get uh Anybody you never asked play. me. We weren't gonna watch you. No. <laughs> we, I think did wait. Did you play uh, arcs round one and round two of the cut? Yeah, I played arcs. Actually, yeah. it felt it felt like outside of Doug, I played arcs. Uh, yeah, we had we had a times, yeah. we had a strict f four arc maximum uh, <laughs> on stream. We we're not allowing four arcs on camera anymore. I think we'd watch yeah. it one time, but yeah, no. And playing against the, I only use two arcs, but playing against like the six ship three arc ones, like um, like Jorge and um, um, just a couple other people that I that I think my round sixteen match, and then also against Tyson Fane. It's just such a messy game with nothing but just like bumping and and it's just so messy. It's uh, it. It can't be fun to watch. I don't know if you guys had any of them. But, uh, uh, there, but... there's a couple parking lots out there that we we're yeah. uh, blessed to see uh, how how each player uh, handles just like not being able to move their arc at all. Uh, so, mm -hmm. pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, Doug, congratulations again uh, for taking it all uh, with uh, a. Non-Republic list, and not Han, really trying to show the meta, and and also not Kylo Whisper, who we also, uh, I think, as a collective like community, thought that like, oh, you start every FO list with Whisper Kylo, and then I think Whisper Kylo is a very good ship, but 
but I, uh, my fun meter to, like, I just can't play the Whisper. I, I hate its concept so much. Um, <laughs> right. Like, I, I, just linking everything to jam. I, I find it miserable to play with and against, so I just, uh, it's, I, no beef with anybody that plays the Thai Whisper, but I won't do it. Right. Well, I mean, you also can't double reposition, which really has... I am also addicted to that, so... <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, there's times when we were, we were wondering what you are going to do watching you on stream, and I was like, well, it's probably double reposition to dodge all the arcs, because what else? Yep. What else can you do at that point? You can't hang out and just be shot a bunch. Yeah, I mean, the, the Kylo build just shows it. Like, my, my favorite solution to any problem in X-Wing is figure it out later. So why choose what to shoot now when I can choose later? Why, why, uh, why pick the right move initially when I can just reposition and fix it later? Smart thinking. Smart thinking. Uh, for now, until like four more I sixes come out of a BOE, <laughs> then Kylo might be struggling. But if anybody could keep them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous about Battle of Endor. We'll have to see. Like, nervous for the list. I think Oof. Battle of Endor ships look really fun. But Yeah, we're, um, fingers crossed. Those i 6 ers are uh, over, overpriced. <laughs> Do they need more I-6s? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Uh, but let's take a look at the rest of the squads here. I'm going to break down uh, Jorge's list here. Came in second place. Had an amazing run. Uh, was playing great all weekend. He, of course, brought, uh, we need, like, a, a great name for uh, this troublesome trio here. Uh, Jag, Wolf, and Oddball, uh, the SOC arcs. If, you, if, you're, if you're just uh, learning about them, they shoot out the front and back. They share target locks, and they give each other defensive focuses. And Oddball can block crits with Selfless, which shouldn't even be in this faction. Somehow he's allowed to do it. And they have amazing dials with R4P. Oh, boy. They can really just do it all, uh, except for dodge shots. Um, but they have a bunch of health, so that doesn't really matter. Uh, then brings with those three kickback uh, with the I-5 torrent, uh, he, who also has born for this. He can do it with evades if he's not shooting those diamond boron missiles. And X, uh, the I-9-3 torrent. With Barrage Rockets, can also hand out Target Locks and uh, those focuses. So he fits right in. And then an Initiative 3 Boost, uh, who of course can boost and has Predator for offensive rerolls. Uh, really just uh, a nuisance, a flanker, and an objective monkey while the rest of the squad is out there. Jousting list. Uh, Jorge has been flying something very similar. I don't know if the, I don't know if he's always had axe and boost in there, but something very similar to it uh, ever since like last worlds um, when he flew um, a six ship Republic. And I uh, normally he's just flying those arcs uh, like the best I've ever seen. Tight formations on them, making sure he's triggering all the abilities. I think at one point he used uh, the synchronized consult on Jag. To give a lock to Axe, and then Axe gave it right back. Or no, then Axe fired with it, gave a target lock to kick back, and then Jag got his own lock anyways. Man, it is just every time you shoot or defend, like two or three things can trigger off of it. Uh, but if you know, if you're used to it, if you're comfortable with it, uh, you can not miss any of those triggers and be very successful. Uh, a lot of it, I assume, comes down to 
deployment when you have such, I would call them rigid. I wouldn't say slow, but like they don't, once you deploy, that's, they're kind of set in that formation. They don't really get to like maneuver around too often, these clones. So it takes a lot of practice uh, to be successful uh, with this kind of six ship list. Though, speaking of six ships, Isophane, uh, if you want to break this down, uh, Ryan uh, brought a different style of the Republic. Yeah, so it was still six ship Republic, but we start with the normal SOC oddball, but then we have Custom Wolf with R4P, Veteran Tail Gunner, and Tactical Scrambler instead of what we normally see expert handling is that final uh, then we have custom contrail ion bombs bash r4p crack shot click with seismic bash r3 marksmanship soc kickback and the final three points using broadside y-wing ion cannon turret and proton bombs very accurate um ion cannon turret at least if it's shooting out the side since they can turn a when you're shooting out their side arc, you can turn a blank to an eyeball result. Taking a focus, that's, that's basically converting a blank to a successful result. It's very similar to Nimi uh, in Resistance in that same effect. That's why I think Broadside came out first. Nimi came out after Broadside. People started calling Nimi Frontside. <laughs> uh, it's a different wrinkle instead of the uh, what uh, Jorge was using the Four 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 three three two. This is a four four three 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 four three pointers and two three. No Z ninety five. Uh this does make me uh want to ask so this is a this is the non Siege of Coruscant wolf. Marcel, right. you also did not fly the Siege of Coruscant Wolf. Maybe you could give us some insight on what wh why not the born for this uh on the wolf yeah r4p i mean that's the he had tactical scrambler um but mostly it was r4p i mean he just, just the the dial you know wolf already has a, a pretty pretty consistent offense um so the yeah, I think more than anything, it's just a dial. Um, once these arcs get stressed and if they or and, and they're not in position, it's really hard for them to 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 stay in the fight. So that that would be my guess. Um, and and just specifically about, I think the the most important part about uh, Daniel's list is um, you know, with the choices being made, is the bomb, the bombs, and the the variety of bombs because you've got you know the the ion the you got the ion the ion turret so you've got two forms of control there then you got the seismic charges and the proton and in our match the bombs are truly what what set his list and my list apart where um he was able to put um on a four no on a five health wolf he was able to do like a, a seismic followed by a proton uh in in a place where wolf was gonna be kind of you know as predictable where he was gonna be uh which allowed him to be able to kill him at initiative five with his ships because he kind of already knew that that 
damage was coming, that burst of damage. And then in the final turn, or in the second to the final turn, because I conceded after the last game, after the last turn, um, he, uh, it was an ion bomb that I had to kind of sell out to kill Wolf, because Wolf was, was on one hull, and I had to kill Wolf and then kill another ship the next turn in order to have a chance. That was like my win condition. But that IM bomb just hit Anakin, um, and Anakin killed Wolf, but then I was relying on on a slider and a click to try to find the ship to kill, you know, so that ion bomb is, is what kept Anakin from, you know, pointing my most effective gun in the final turn because he knew it was like, okay, you're going to finish off Wolf. Here's an ion bomb. Um, you're going to get your four points there, but you're not going to be able to do any follow-up because Anakin is not going to die, but he's going to be pointing at, at nobody for the final turn. So those bombs, I think, um, in this particular list, add a a different flavor to to what because it's already it already has like that offensive output and um just being able to add that mix of of control and uh just like auto damage is is really good so yeah out, out of all the yeah. six ship lists I, I i think i like isos the best the other part to consider is uh, SOC Wolf, when you're considering uh, Republic, that it's really only maximized if Jag is around. Or if you really have a lot more two or higher agility ships that Born for this would take advantage of. Because Wolf can has his own rerolls uh, that he can use offensively. But the uh, reason why we see SOC Wolf in most case versus Custom Wolf is... You have Jag around, who plays extremely well off of Wolf. Um, if there is no Jag, I do think it's correct to bring Custom Wolf with R4P, Veteran Tail Gunner, and your choice of two-point thing. I like expert handling. Gives Wolf a little more maneuverability, especially in the early game where you may not want to commit him to a specific side of the board in case you don't want to be on one side of the board or another, depending on what your opponent deploys. And it allows Wolf to shift really easily in the early game and reposition himself. But uh, yeah, Marcel's note about the bombs is pretty big with this list is because it doesn't have as much upfront gun offense without Jag around because Jag is Jag to me, I, I made this comparison a couple days ago in a conversation with someone. Jag is like Republic's Jess Pava, right? Your I3, it's going to take a, a, some commitment to kill because for Jess, she's got rerolls. But for Jag, it's has born for this help or or and or selfless from oddball. But it's super well modified shot, normally gonna pump out a ton of damage, right? Um, but in this version, it's, it's a little bit of control with some auto damage, right? And we've seen how good ion bombs can be with the tie bombers, with people starting to taking you're uh, staying a lot of Tomex more or putting ion bombs on Rhymer and how effective those can be when you have only about, you know, six to seven, eight turns in a whole game. If you have to take one whole turn off, maybe two, if you're caught by a couple ion bombs, 
that piece is well nullified. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Still very, very scary. Uh, even without the maximum arc, uh, that, that control can be just enough uh, to get through the day. Uh, Marcel, why don't you take uh, Tyler Tippett's list? Uh, we have Star Slinger at number four place yeah, here. So that's um, more of your standard list. It's what you see. You saw Paul, Paul Heber. I think he won the Texas Lone Star with. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Tyler he, won Gen Con with the this Gen exact Con same with, list it, with it as well, and it, it's been replicated quite a bit. I mean, it's it's kind of a, a proven success, uh, which is the the Siege of Coruscant trio of arcs, Wolf, Oddball, and um, what's the third one? Wolf, Oddball, Jag. and we were just in it. Jag, yeah. And then the Siege of Coruscant, Anakin, four points, I six, tough to kill. Um, and basically can do objectives really well and can also just um, bother the I-5s that show up. And then with Padme, uh, I assume had the passive proton torpedoes mm -hmm. on there. And um, uh, Padme is sneaky good. I mean, she can, you know, with her ability to be able to not let people use their focuses, can really shut down Han and can shut down some of these other ships that, that have force or... Or rely on multiple modifications uh, on offense and defense, uh, especially defensively. If you're dumb enough to joust it, um, to just completely neuter your offense and, and defense against the list that's gonna put out a ton of a ton of firepower, and then also the ability to throw four dice, um, and uh, she'll have an evade. She'll have um, her passive sensors is like, oh, she's she's not modifying. Well, she'll have potential of three focuses out there uh, to her disposal if you want to shoot her. And if she's close enough to oddball, probably pull selfless away as well. So um, I still think it's one of the scariest lists to play against. I don't think it's it's is I don't think it's as successful. Uh, we're seeing as the six ship variant. Uh, not because it's better than the, uh, or not because it's not as good as the six ship variant. I think it's just people tend to have a better game plan against this one because they are expecting to see this one more often. When they see something like Jorge's or when they see something like Isophanes, uh, you've got to. Um, you know, you've 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 got to conceptualize a little bit more of like, okay, what does this one want to do? How does it want to win? What's the swing conditions? What's the strengths? Um, you know, again, consider the bombs. So, so there's new information that you've got to take in, into account as the game is like as turn zero is starting and you're setting stuff up, where when you're playing against, um, you know, this version, which in my opinion is probably, if not the best, is probably the like. You know, it's in the top two versions of republics that are out there. But because it's so common, people people already have an idea of how to set up. They have an idea of, of, of what's going to work and what's not going to work. So they have a better game plan against it. So um, I know, Ryan, you've, you've put a lot of time with and 
and in in building it, in playing against it, in thinking about it versus alternatives. Uh, is is that? Would you say that's along the lines about? It's probably a better list. It's just more um, prep goes into, or people know how to approach it better than variants that are a little bit more unknown. I think at this time, I mean, we obviously have seen the five version, or what I would just say is just the Padme version. Um, more, we've had more time trying to understand what it's trying to do and uh, try to figure out what works against it, what doesn't work against it. Um, Six Ship Republic is seeing a little bit of a resurgence recently. Um, the other part about Six Ship Republic is there, as we're seeing, multiple variations that can win and do well. Uh, this five ship one, I think, is pretty well set in what it is. And the only reason why we see different five ship versions, uh, while maintaining triple arc, by the way, um, is because people don't like using SOC Anakin. Um, and that's just their preference or them not, uh, maybe not having the reps with it in time with their event that they're taking it to. Because uh, other than that, I think the only other five ship republics we see is like what you do or, or anyone using 7B Anakin, basically. They they just go, it has to be four or five with 7B. Um, um, so we don't really know what the cor quote correct or more, I don't know, one might be a higher floor, but one might have the other might have a higher ceiling. It's like what six ship versions, right? Is it do you bring triple arc and then you end up having a Z at the end, like Jorge did, or is it some? combination i mean is it the two arc and then find the right combination of four three costers uh doug from someone who just played them recently against um multiple good players i mean when you look across the board and this is this is uh outside of you playing specifically your fls although i know that's yes. probably mostly on your mind because it's what you've been playing for the past like three or four months but what Republic list would concern you the most, I guess, if you were seeing it across the board. Would it be a six variation, or would it be the five with Padme? Uh, I think it actually comes down to which scenario you're playing, because the, to me, the Padme version is the more straightforward one to play against. Uh, it wants to punch you in the face. Like Anakin is very flexible, obviously, uh, like with the system phase repositions and R2D2, and you know, just general SOC Anakin stuff. Uh, but, like, the triple arc plus Padme really just wants to joust you. Uh, and it's really good at it, at jousting you. Whereas the, the six-ship version, I think, uh, especially somebody like Jorge's, uh, really just wants to outlast you while it just decks you in objectives. Because it has so many bodies, and it has so much token passing, so it's really hard to push damage through on stuff. Um, not that it can't kill stuff. It's you know It still has the three arcs, um, or it still has all of the, the control in, like, Isofane's version. Um, but I think the Padme version is geared to punch you in the face, and the six ship version is geared to bully you while winning on objectives. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. As we saw a lot of the man that that has, that born for this uh, really can change the numbers of how tanky any of these ships are. It is kind of funny to me how Isophane moved off his droid swarm to the fact to the complete rival faction 
within the prequels being public. But on top of that, just has the better token passing. Because Born for This is just it is miles ahead better than network calculations. Anyway. Although, of the, the three that we've talked about, I think Isophanes is the hardest to execute. In, in my opinion, by a long shot. I would agree. Has, yeah, it mm -hmm. only has two socks as opposed to like five that yep. uh, Jorge's has. Uh, and like Broadside is a very easy first target because he's low initiative and like doesn't have any defensive tokens. Um, I mean, you get quite a reasonable flight, flight path to intercept and yeah. track down and mm -hmm. kill. Yeah, like he, he adds a lot of unique control to it, but like bombs are really really strong control after the initial engage, which means you have to engage correctly, otherwise, otherwise you're already very far behind. Um, not that like a, like I said, I don't I don't think that makes it worse than the other list. I think it just you have to you have to really know what you're doing with Isophane's version, um, because it doesn't have a lot of those built-in target or token sharing and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean that that's the only, the only thing I would add too is that like. If you can't fly Padme, then you're kind of stuck looking at the six ship version. And if you if you aren't good with the V wings, then you kind of have to look at the all SOC version. So, it's definitely nice from a perspective of how much stuff you only have to bring to a table with Jorge's <laughs> version. It's just seven cards. It's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of charges, but it's still seven cards. True. I do like, though, that those three lists all feel very different. Like, having... If you just handed somebody those lists once once each time, I, I think it would be like playing three completely different lists. Um, almost like they're three different factions in terms of, like, how they play objectives and how they play against other lists. Like, they just they don't fly the same way at all. Yeah, if you just didn't know what the ships were and just give them the stats and you played the game, like, as if the ships were visible and you didn't know what they were, like, yeah. Like, yeah. you would know that, like, every list shared two out of the five or six ships. Yeah, I mean, the the variety is pretty crazy in public. Like, even my list. Like, my list, compared to any of those four, mm -hmm. or yeah, any of those three, it, it is, like, miles oh. apart. Because my list is not a jousting list at all. My list is a... Well, Marcel, yeah. list. Yeah. You had to say it. <sighs> uh, about the variety... Because we're moving on to Innkeeper's list, which is the exact same as uh, Jorge's Jorge. list uh, with uh, Kickback, Oddball, Wolf, Jag, Axe, and Boost with Predator. Uh, so uh, there definitely is a... I mean, when you have five standard loadouts and then a ship with only three loadout uh, to choose from, it really uh, can look similar. So let's move on. Still did a great job, Innkeeper. Uh, what is, is that Andrew you said Anthony Martin. Anthony uh, also I yes. am a lot more of a believer in boost after this weekend I thought slider was just better because his ability was still really good and he was i4 but like right. uh, the way both of them used boost was really strong I, I really liked it uh, yeah it is, it is interesting uh, like uh, so I had saw Jorge's game against uh, Thomas on stream a little bit and one good example was he had done like a two or three turn with boost but then did a blue bank move or straight move with an arc next to it and boosted in the start of engagement to go get a far away objective and hold that one pretty much for the game. or like uh, in the final uh, Jorge had his boost chasing my Malice around when my Malice was out of charges and at two health 
And like, I just had to constantly deal with the fact that like, okay, he's going to boost the start of the engagement. So I need to reposition. He doesn't have arc on me now, but I need to barrel roll or think about the fact that he's going to boost and get arc on me. Like he actually has it right now, even if he doesn't physically. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Uh, he's, turns out, repositioning. Who would have guessed? Pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I remember my my favorite boost moment was testing it for like the first time, and uh, Mitch Hurst was playing his quick draw, and I just, he did a perfect move by quick draw, like a four or five straight, landed in front of boost, and he's ready to like light up boost, and I just go, bye, and the start of cage would just leave his arc with the boost. <laughs> That's the other thing, like, it's it's also potentially hard to chase boost tight in, because if he can boost out, it's just like, why am I bothered looking at this? True. It, it's a, it takes a lot to deal with uh, what seems like just a two-point ship. That should be easy. So, very interesting. Uh, so, let's keep, keep it going. Doug, can you take a look at Velvet Buddha? Is this an Andrew, by chance? This is an Andrew. This ah, an there Andrew it is. Block. Okay, I am. Uh, I'm very familiar with this list. Uh, I played this exact list at Crossroads uh, back in when was that? December? November? Time November? Uh, that was October. November. October. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, back in October, like I played this exact list, and uh, Andrew knocked me out of the cut with a single decimator uh, list. Uh, but so it is. Uh, it's Rear Admiral Sharano with uh, a lot of upgrades. Ruthless, Moff Jergerod, Death Troopers, Agile Gunner, Thermal Detonators, Electronic Baffle, and the Dauntless title. Uh, it is Tomax Bren, the standardized version, uh, Morna Key with Ruthless, Novice Technician, Darth Vader, Agile Gunner, Ion Bombs, Electronic Baffle, uh, and then Major Reimer with Ruthless, Barrage Rockets, and a Proton Bomb. Uh, so this is one of my favorite lists ever because it just destroys itself to destroy you. Um, so every game is ridiculous because, uh, like, for example, when I played it, I I had rounds where I did, like, four damage to my own ship because I would hit myself with two proton bombs and ruthless myself twice in order to kill a ship. Um, like, it, it just does a lot of, of absolutely goofy, ridiculous things. Um, and it's really frustrating to play against because there's Death Troopers and there's Vader Crew and there's two Decimators that take forever to kill, uh, and all four of them have bombs. And you have to remember where every like where each upgrade is on which ship at all times. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with, uh, especially if you're not if you're not ready for those Death Troopers or that Moff Gerard. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love Moff Gerard. <laughs> System phase boosts on decimators are just the best. And bombers, because you can do goofy things like boost your bomber and then drop a bomb. And yeah, bom <laughs> pretend bom you're an FO bomber for a turn. <laughs> bombers have a 3 forward blue, don't they? They do, yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they have 1 yeah. through th 3, so won't really slow them down either. That's terrifying. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, let's keep it going here. We'll round out the, the last of the top 8 uh, then we'll uh, do some quick hits on some other lists that we thought were interesting. Uh, we saw Marcel. He's came in seventh here. Um, boo. Do better, Marcel. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, if you saw Marcel Sunday morning, the fact that he won his first round was extremely yeah. impressive. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're never seen opponent. anybody look so miserable to be playing X-Wing. <laughs> anyway. 
Anyways, let's go on to our Rebel list. Uh, the minute we can stop talking about arcs, talk about Thomas Anonymous's squad here uh, with Kanan Jarrus, uh, the child, Magba Yarrow, Dorsal, Baffle, Agile Gunner, and Heightened Perception. So, um, getting force back only when they take damage from attacking. But if you do damage to it, uh, it gets a target lock on you. And it could be shooting at initiative 7. So, pretty crazy piece. Plus, it's protecting everybody else. Has boy Luke out there, of course. Uh, it's a rebel squad uh, with that instinctive aim proton torpedo. Lone Wolf Sabine is your objective monkey. Keo Venzi out there with predator concussion and vectored cannons. Get these arc indicators on your A-wings, please. Uh, especially if you have a front-facing weapon like this Gyo does. But really, the true hero of the squad, Ivan Verlin, Gold 3. Uh, she has Selfless, Dorsal Turret, and R4 Astromech. So what this creates is that Ivan can spend her focus to give an extra agility, normally Luke, um, for the rest of the combat round. And then in addition to that, Kanan's can has four force charges to prevent uh or it removes an attack die every time you attack at one of these ships so uh it could really make luke just this un uh killable machine out there you can also use it to protect keo a lot of people a lot of uh the time i would uh catch their game and i think the game we had on stream that Everybody would go in on Kanan or Luke and realize, oh no, I've made bad decisions. And then be like, you know what? Let's just shoot out Keo because it doesn't have the selfless. It doesn't have uh, the the unlimited force like Luke. Uh, but it would still have those Kanan Jarrus defensiveness uh, to it. Uh, and watching, when we got this on stream, watching it play against a, uh, a born for this republic squad was just hilarious watching two full squads meet and do like two damage to each other for the uh, i think i think uh kanan managed to find like two damage on the republic and the republic did like three damage to keo uh which was crazy because everyone's rolling like range one attacks double modified and still uh the defensiveness came out uh though i think it would think it was jorge uh, who ended up being Thomas, uh, with the simple trick of ignore Kanan. Don't give that ship any more force. Uh, don't give them target locks. Uh, so I really had to try to balance uh, putting Kanan in positions where you want to get shot uh, versus uh, the uh, Luke or uh, Keo who need to be also be in those positions. So... Very interesting squad. Uh, a, a list composition that we've seen before, but normally with Han and like a uh, hole in there as the large base and the Y-Wing. Uh, but it turns out... Say, I played against Thomas in round three of day one, mm -hmm. and I actually took the exact opposite approach where I did. <laughs> I went for Kanan first. Um, which is... It's because I treated it like a Han list, essentially. And oh, for yeah. my list... <laughs> Killing Han is the most important thing because the damage in the list falls apart once Han's gone, and mm -hmm. Kanan's kind of similar. Like the the huge fully modified four die shots are really what pushes damage through. 
Uh, so I was like, let's get rid of that first. And it was tough. I was down 12 to 1 at one point. Wow. Uh, but then Kanan finally died, and then he stopped <laughs> doing damage, and I was able to <laughs> I was able to, to squeak it out. Interesting. Okay. So you don't, yeah, not I always like the it's, right it's situation. It's one or the other. You have to either full commit hmm. to killing Kanan, because the thing is that Kanan's ability he can't use on himself. So yeah. the most extra defense he's going to get is having one agility for a round from Yvonne for lane. Um, but, uh, and yeah, he'll have hate force, basically, because that's the child essentially is force with hate, but you just have, you can't, you don't get the force back at the yeah. end of round. Um, or, alternatively, you do what Jorge did, which is ignore Kanan completely and shoot at everyone else and just know that for the first round of engagement, you're going to deal with about three or four of your attacks having one less attack die. And then yeah. every round thereafter, you're going to be fine as long as you don't shoot Kanan because he can't get forced back unless he gets shot. And maybe damaged, which should happen since he's really And to be clear, like, I went for Kanan first because I have a mag pulse, so his reinforce doesn't count. Like, if you don't have a way to jam off that reinforce, going for Kanan first is a lot scarier concept because... He also will yeah, yeah, have one you... agility from yeah, Yvain and minus one damage from every shot. Uh, yeah, mag pulses. Uh, very, very good. Almost necessary. I think the the only faction that doesn't normally bring it is what, Rebels and... Republic I guess I guess there's yeah. a lot of... I guess a lot of these factions aren't bringing mag pulses. What the heck, guys? <laughs> bring, bring, if you can, find a mag pulse in your squad. All right, well, let's take a look here at uh, any of the... Was there any of the top uh, 16 squads uh, that jumped out at any, any of you that are worth mentioning? There was a lot of uh, resistance as far as uh, a couple five ships here. Um, the rest of the uh, bombers, the Imperial bombers that made it through. But I didn't see... I mean, big congratulations to everybody that made the top 16, obviously. But to me, it wasn't anything uh, extremely innovative. Uh, I think it's worth noting, because I don't think we see this a ton. But it shows up here and there is the uh, the Empire 6 ship with uh, Vader, 3, uh, you know, Tomax, Rhymer, Deathfire, Lareer, and then a BSA, so six a six three threes or sorry four threes and a two cost mm -hmm. so um mike doe ran that got top 16 ended up losing to isofane uh six ship for v6 ship um but you know I, I think that's a very reasonable empire list to look at and you still get to bring vader in six ships you still get all three of those bombers and you just get the rear as your fourth three point option I mean, basically, like, to me, Republic and Empire both have, like, the deepest roster of reasonable ships to bring in lists, both of, and especially true at the 4 and 3 for 3 cost range, which is generally why you get so many variations of those lists. Whereas, like, if you look at, like, even just Rebels, right, your depth at 3 cost is, like, you know, Keo's number 1, like, Wedge or Hull, Auckland is, like, 2, 2A, two 2B, two or 2 and 3, however you want to order them. And then after that, it kind of just falls off a little bit. It's like, oh, here's to be at 2. But, you know, the, the roster of 3 costs is pretty long for Empire. 
especially Republic. And then fours are pretty, I think fours are deeper in Empire in your choices, whereas I think there's just five fours you consider in Republic, which is still a lot by comparison. But that's just, that's is the, the, is five the fifth one ship Rick? list that we talked about, which or an just makes sprite. it the. Is the fifth one a Rick or an Aether Sprite? No, it's three arcs, Padme, and oh, Anakin, and so Anakin. It's the list and, that exists oh, already. You're right. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. But yeah, after that, it drops off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whereas Empire, you have like Faroff, Merrick, Vault Scaris, Vizier's even reasonable, Countdown's reasonable. And those the five, and then maybe it kind of falls. Oh no, fifth bro has been used well too. Mm -hmm. Um, and we got Endor on the horizon, so who knows? Could be a lot more four pointers on the way. Yeah. All right. Well, I did want to look at uh, a, a separatist squad. As you see, there's only uh, was there only the five. There's all five of the the normal factions we see not scum or separatists in the cut I'm trying to just double check here empire yeah just no scum doug. yes doug was the only fo yeah doug you were the only fo you were the outlier mm -hmm. uh, so... republic some resistance yeah what, what was the Not empire oh i guess we could see is it an insights here well look at these insights here it's very i thought there was uh, the cut rate for Galactic Republic was just insane for this tournament. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, this is, I think I'm looking at just, I'm looking at just the the cuts, but uh, yeah, I, I think I all but two made it. For Pattern Analyzer to like combine multi-day event into one data set. Yeah, because it's, it's split off. Uh, into heat one and heat two before it goes into the final cup but uh so we're just looking at information on the cup anyways uh yeah turns out if you're preparing for events and you're worried that people are bringing arcs uh trust me they they will be someone out there will be trying out the arcs but i do want to talk about tim woodbury's list uh, i think we have him out here at the the number nine spot for day one uh, i the only separatist player in the entire event and he brings quite a unique squad so i'll pull it up here and want to just mention it um before uh we go because i do think it's it's something that uh is something not not something i'd seen in a long time uh starts off with an hmp uh, this is the initiative one Oak can acquire target locks in their front arc after they attack. He's bringing Kalani cluster missiles and failsafe. And then as, at four points is Dirge with his proton cannon, contraband cybernetics, and seismic charges. Both of those pretty standard for the separatist squads these days. Uh, but here's where it gets real interesting. We have Siege of Coruscant, Count Dooku. Uh, that's the one with uh, Roiling Anger and Malice. Roiling Anger lets you get a strain to recover force. Kind of like the opposite of, uh, the opposite of uh, Patience. Uh, but it still has 
uh, malice in addition to their ability of uh, auto-converting dice when they attack. Pretty crazy. Uh, then a 7-point Darth Maul Infiltrator. Hate, Malice, Plasma Torpedoes, Seismic Charges, and Electronic Baffle. Tim was talking about this uh, all weekend, but the combination of Kalani and the Initiative 5 Infiltrators, allowing them to set up uh, these double-modified shots, uh, even without uh, spending as much force, uh, the Plasma Torpedo uh, Double Tap from Maul is also pretty crazy. Uh, then dropping the bombs with Seismic Charges on two of these lists opens up lanes for these Infiltrators that they wouldn't normally be able to get through. And I'm assuming disrupt all those Hans out there uh, where you could blow up four different obstacles, uh, leaving a little bit of space. Uh, for Han to be able to use his ability. Uh, we, were, we were trying to watch this game, the game two on Friday, uh, but we only got it, uh, parts of it. That's when we were having so much technical difficulty. So some of them are still on the 312's Twitch, uh, but how Tim described it is that he'd set up for joust. He'd just try to joust with these infiltrators and then be able to uh, make sure that they can remove the stress with that baffle, at least for mom, and then K-turn over a different ship. It was surprisingly effective. Went three and two, uh, just missed the cut for the day. What what did we say by just like point point zero eight point zero eight? Oof. Uh, so it could have easily been in the cut as well. Uh, so, very exciting there. We didn't have, unfortunately, though, a single scum make it into the event. So, I'm really hoping that uh, Worlds, potentially, we could see something come out of scum uh, that will just surprise everybody. They're going to be the Rebels, I'm sure, uh, from last year when we were like, oh, no, Rebels going to make the cut. They're bad. They're terrible. Then two made at the top four. Uh, I think the long shot scum. Might be. I think all the scum players they just hold back their secrets until that world championship. So, uh, let's. Uh, that's pretty much it for the Las Vegas Open. Do you, uh, do you guys have any closing thoughts about the event? We already had uh, thanked Brian and Nick. Uh, and obviously, I, I thought it was a great event. I thought everybody was having uh, a, a good time. There was a lot of prize support. Everyone was getting mystery dice and all-tower cards left and right. Uh, Doug, any any closing thoughts on LVO? Yeah, I mean, I had I had an amazing time. Um, it's my second time going to LVO. I went in twenty twenty two two years ago. Yeah, twenty twenty two. The last time it was the the Fly Better crew, mm -hmm. um, but uh, this time was just as much fun. It was it was just it's it's always a super fun event, and you know it's fun to hang out in Vegas for the weekend too. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks to everybody who ran it, and uh, hope to be back next year. Awesome. Well, again, congratulations, uh, letting uh, the world know they got a fear that uh, tormented apprentice that Kylo Ren. 
Um, any Anything else I missed, Ryan or Marcel, before we close out this podcast? Nothing comes to mind immediately, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, just a um, putting it out there that we are trying to get um, better at, I want to say, how do we describe it? Uh, foreshadowing our next podcast topics and ideas and stuff. Uh, so be on the lookout for more of that information coming soon. Obviously, if you want to be a part of the conversation, you got to be on our Discord. That's where we're sending out these information. It's where we're talking lists. It's where we're talking strategies. Uh, and as a note, I just put in their uh, starting threads already for Adepticon 2024. Somebody reached out to me uh, looking for essentially a roommate uh, for the trip. So I put it, uh, updated that, got them um, a, a specific place. So if you need any help trying to get trying to get to Worlds or have any questions about the Adepticon, the Schaumsburg area, Schaumburg area, uh, there's a great resource in that as well. We'll tell you to get all the Giordanos nearby, uh, all the deep dishes. You can try them out, but uh, it's definitely a great resource. I'll say if, uh, because I, I, as you said, we want to kind of, especially heading into Worlds, we want to kind of forecast for the community what we're, what topics may be coming up in the near future. Um, we'll just, let's do a call out now, right? Uh, make sure if you're part of our Discord or join our Discord, you can go in the section, respond to GSP. Uh, I think it's good to hear from you guys. What would you want to hear us talk about? in prep and lead up to worlds like whether it's preparing for the event on a strategical level a list building level a just being there level like how do i how do i prepare to be in chicago right what should i look for what are the good places to eat those type of topics that could be anything across the board we want to hear from you what you want to know going into work I uh, just got to post it. Anybody can uh, put a question in there on the Discord. Uh, so I'll put a link in here in our Twitch. Otherwise, it will be in the description of this podcast or YouTube video. But for now, again, uh, thank you everybody who I uh, was able to meet at the Las Vegas Open. I had a wonderful time seeing everybody again. New faces and old. Doug, awesome job. Uh, especially uh, a as someone who has been like involved uh, with uh, your list and yourself in the last of uh, what all, all fall basically yeah. working on the XTC. Uh, again, it, it brings me a lot of joy uh, to see one of our players uh, perform so well with the list that. Um, you, they used for that tournament. So, uh, I, uh, I can't even express how proud I am in words of you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I really appreciate it. it was, I mean, XTC was a, a huge part of, I think my success this weekend, because it, it's, it's just so much practice against so many good opponents and, uh, really gives you like, it's, if, if you can find success there, then I think you can find success at pretty much any tournament. And, uh, you guys help with that. That's... That's good. Uh, good to hear. 
good to hear. All right, well, everybody at home, thanks again uh, for watching, joining in the conversation. Uh, for for me, Chewy back there, I did set up the Chewy finally in my shop because <laughs> I haven't I set up my green I haven't set up my green screen, but I did set up Chewy. Anyways, for everybody here at Gold Squadron, stay safe, stay smart. Gold Squadron out. Thank you to ISO, Danko, Baffle, Trojan, Prophet, Shadow, Tycho, Spice, Raider, Lancer, Fallen, Row 6, 626, Chief, and J-List, our Grand Admiral Patrons. And all of our Gold Squadron Patrons and Community Members, thank you for your support. Gold Squadron out.